Um, we've been having trouble with uh, microphone system due to uh, something in our area, uh, new towers being put up or something like that. That's, that's what I'm hearing. And so, again, if we have difficulty today, just try to work around it. It's a whole lot better than it was in the New Testament days with microphones. So uh, we've advanced even from those days, but still there are issues from time to time. Okay, uh, We're looking at Jeremiah chapter 12. Let's begin reading in verse 1. Uh, Righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plead with thee, yet let me talk with thee of the judgments. Uh, wherefore, doth the, wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? He's asking God a question here. And he says, Wherefore are all the happy that deal very treacherously? Why is that happening, Lord? Thou hast planted them, yea, they have taken root. Uh, they grow, yea, and they bring forth fruit. Thou art near in their mouth and far from their reins. But thou, O Lord, knowest me. Thou hast seen me and tried my heart toward thee. Uh, but uh, pull them out uh, like sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. How long shall the land mourn and the herb of every field wither for the wickedness of them that dwell therein? The beasts are consumed and the birds because they said, we shall not see our last end. Verse five, if thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace, wherein thou treadest, they weary thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? I want to preach today on how to handle it when the Jordan swells. That's my thought. How to handle it when the Jordan swells. Ken, would you pray and thank God for the offering and then pray for the sermon, please. Yes. Amen. Amen. How to handle it, thank you, Ken, uh, when the Jordan swells. Now, there's a question here we read from the prophet unto God as he watched the people of God go through different tests and trials. And uh, we know that he was God's man for them at that time. And Jeremiah was also going through his tests and his concerns. You got to understand that. Uh, when men of God are leading God's people, they themselves have needs. They have uh, concerns. They have uh, anxieties, if you wish. They're not above that because every man of God is, is certainly human. So Jeremiah the prophet seems like a very strong man, which he was, and he was a leader for God, and he was placed at that time for that situation. But he has questions himself. He's talking to God here in this text. And he's but a mere man, and he's dealing with the frustration of his time and his day, and he's, he's hurting for the people that God had called him to help. And he's under this burden uh, that's upon his heart for his own self, but also more so for the people that he is ministering to. And he has become, I believe at this point, impatient. 
I believe he's come to the place that he is discouraged. He may be a little even dis, disillusioned at heart. And he's asking God, he said, why do the wicked seem to advance? And why are they blessed? And I don't know, maybe you've had some of those questions where you've tried to be faithful to God and serve God, but yet it seems like God is blessing the, the ungodly, the wicked. And we wonder about those things if we're honest with ourselves. And uh, we see here how Jeremiah is deeply hurt for the people of God that he loved. And, uh, but one thing I want to say here, we go through the same things. But thank God we serve a wonderful, gracious, loving God who understands these feelings. And sometimes we feel guilty for even questioning God. But God understands that. He knows, what, he knows we're flesh. And we have such a relationship with our God that we can share our heart to our God. And we can give him our burdens and tell him how we really feel. He already knows it, but it's good that when we communicate that to him, he understands. He doesn't chide us. He doesn't rebuke us. He doesn't uh, try to hurt us with comments, you know. He, God, God doesn't do that. Amen. He tells us straightly things that we need to hear out of love. And so I'm thankful that God has been understanding to me throughout my whole Christian life. And before I even knew him, God was good to me. How about you? And so we, we go through some frustrating times in our life. And that's what I want to talk about today. Sooner or later, you're going to go through the, the swelling of a Jordan in your life. It might be a health crisis. It might be a loss of a loved one. Uh, it might be a child in a, a problem in marriage or in a home. It might be economic difficulties. It could be a myriad of things that come to you, and they don't come all at once. They kind of build up, and all of a sudden, there's the swelling of the Jordan. Now what are you going to do with it? And that's what the prophet Jeremiah is telling his people. You know, uh, what are you gonna, if you can't handle the footman, the regular soldier, how are you going to handle when the cavalry comes in? And uh, it's a question to the people of God, not to God. He's asked God questions, but then he turns to God's people and says, you know, if you can't handle this, how are you going to handle this? And we have to understand sometimes that we make big deal out of things that aren't so big. And we, through emotion and frustration, we make things worse and we build up situations that are not there, and we worry about things that might happen. And, and, and that happens to all of us. What if, what if this is this? And what if this happens? And what if so-and-so doesn't do this? And, and we get ourselves all worked up. Man, if you can't handle the small things, how are you going to handle the big things? And that's how, how to handle it when the Jordans swell. Now, Jeremiah knew how to get a hold of his God. Jeremiah chapter 33 and 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. When we go through trials in our individual lives, or even in our community, in our world today, it's not a time for us to just keep asking God why you don't love us, God, and why would you allow? That's not the time. Time for us to get a hold of God, knowing that he does love us and he cares for us, and he will give us answers for us individually to get through the swelling of our Jordan. In Psalm 46 and verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. I thank God for that. But here, Jeremiah, he's being honest with his feelings to God, and he asks God certain questions. Why do the, the wicked seem to prosper? Verse 1. And why do, they, uh, why, the, why do they that deal treacherously seem to be on top? And they're advancing in what they're doing. And we have these thoughts. Why does God let the wicked advance? And why does God let the wicked prosper? Verse 2, why do they seem to flourish in difficult seasons? Verse 2, how long will God allow this to go on? Look, he says in verse 3 of our text, he says, O oh, thou, Lord, knowest, knowest me. Uh, thou hast seen me and tried my heart toward thee. Pull them out like sheep from the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. 
He is saying, God, how are you going to allow this? When are you going to act, God? When are you going to move, God? When are you going to fix this, God? You ever been there? I have. It might be a family problem. It might be a financial problem. It might be, again, many problems. But we're wondering, God, how come you're not doing this in my time? In my season? Well, God's got reasons. And sometimes we'll know them and sometimes we won't. Uh, Jeremiah had these thoughts. We can read it here. David sighed, why is my soul cast down, Lord? There were times in David's life he was just downcast. And we can get that way. But here, Jeremiah doesn't get an immediate answer from God. No. He gets a question in his heart to give back to the people of God. And he says in verse 5, If thou run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then canst thou consider a contend with horses? I mean, if you can't handle this, you're never going to handle it when this comes your way. And that indicates that God says some things in believers' lives are not always easy. And they can even get worse than you can imagine. Does that mean God doesn't love us? Does that mean God's not aware? No. It means that we've got to trust him more. It means that we've got to get a hold of our God in these seasons. And I always tell people, too, and I, and I try to practice this myself, how is your relationship with your God? You better make sure it's good because I'm telling you, the Jordans are going to swell in your life. And you need to be able to get a hold of God when it's necessary for big things. And if you're just waiting for that big thing to fall, happen, you're going to be in trouble in the day when your Jordans swell. Amen. Now, God challenges his people through the prophet in this illustration of the Jordan River. It's when the Jordan River overflowed its banks. It happened in the text, in the month of April and May, biblically speaking, the Jordan would swell and become a mighty river that flowed violently uh, uh, in, into, in, into, the, in, into the land. Recently, we just had that dam over there in Edenville, Midland, Michigan. We read it. We saw it on the news. We've heard about it. They're still having problems. It was old, and it, it, it was antiquated, and it hadn't been... It hadn't been checked on like it ought to. It hadn't been maintained like it should have been and all that stuff we heard about. But it was because of the torrential rains that came in the spring. And it built up, built up, built up to where it couldn't handle them. And then the dam broke. And then what happened? Flooding. And people lost their homes. They lost what they had. They, they lost everything. Some of them dealing with insurance companies, no insurance. And because of the waters coming and coming, they rose over 20 feet. And the land was just uh, taken over with the waters. The farms and the houses, the cities around about carried away, destroyed everything in its path. Because, you know, when you have mountain areas and you have natural forests and things of that nature, if they're not maintained, if they're not watched closely, it can cause great flooding and great destruction. In our Bible, the mountain countries of that area would have their snow and they'd have their water and it all comes in spring and and then the, the Jordan would swell its banks. And, uh, and people think that they could handle it when it happened. Sometimes nature you can't handle. Now God understands that. And God allows these things. Amen? So all these floods would come and it's destructive power. At that time we read about flooding all over the nation. Michigan had it, of course. And Edenville and Midland and other places. Ohio, Missouri, Mississippi, Nebraska, New Mexico, Iowa, Illinois, Alabama, Tennessee all on national newscasts about the flooding in the spring and all the damage that came. Thousands of people were affected and millions of dollars it cost. 
in all of this. It was devastating. Flooding can devastate. And so the Jordan River here, God is using as an illustration to say that in all of our lives, in the life of Jeremiah, certainly, and the people of God at that time, but in all of our lives, the swelling of the Jordan is serious. And folks, there are going to be times that we have serious situations come our way, out of the blue. We weren't planning for it. Perhaps we weren't maintaining our life like we could have and should have. You know, we uh, financially were told by the experts that we ought to have $1,000 in emergency money, and you ought to have three months of money or six months of money set aside in case there's a, uh, a situation that arises, and everybody says, oh, oh it happened. And, and so I guess they, they knew what they were talking about, right? And we, we prepare. When, when we don't prepare, and then when the Jordan swells, we're in trouble. Spiritually speaking, this can happen to us in our lives. And so today I want to talk about how to handle it when the Jordan swells in your life and mine. First of all, verse, chapter 12, verse 4 and 12, we see how to handle the hurt of daily living. In chapter 12 and verse 4, the question is, how long shall the land mourn and the herb in every field wither? He's asking God questions. Look at verse 12. We didn't read that. He says, uh, the spoilers are come upon all high places throughout the wilderness, through the wilderness, for the sword of the Lord shall devour from the one end of the land, even to the other end of the land. No flesh shall have peace. Well, hey, what are they saying today? We're not going to have peace, and we're not having peace. Well, we realize there'll be no peace till the Prince of Peace comes, right? I mean, that's really the outlook that we should have. But there's unrest. There's lacking peace today in many lives. Right now, presently speaking. But in our individual lives, how do we handle the hurt of everyday living? Because, folks, every day we live, and every day is different from another. And although last year might have been a good year, maybe this year's not a good year. And we don't know what tomorrow holds. So how are we spiritually? How are we set up? We worry about finances. We have enough money for this, and how are we going to handle that? But sometimes people are so good at preparing for all that physical, natural stuff, they're not good at the spiritual stuff. It's like funerals. They always tell us to pre-plan funerals and do all. And people got, man, they got all their ducks in a row. They know how they're going to retire. They know how the money's going to come in and supplement their income. And if this happens, we'll do this. And, and they got it all planned. But then here's what happens. They're so busy doing that that they let their spiritual life go. They might look good on the outside, but inside they're poor. Inside they're impoverished. Inside they're, they're not strong. They're weak. And then comes the swelling of the Jordan in their life. How to handle the hurt of daily living. Hey, hardships come to us. They come to all people of God. And here in our text, God's people were going through trouble. And the Jordan swelled. What were the attitudes of the people at that time? Well, we can kind of tell from what Jeremiah, the leader, the prophet of God, was doing and saying during the swelling of the Jordan. If he's saying to God, God, why do you allow the wicked to reign? Why do you allow them to prosper? Don't you think the people were probably saying that and more? If he's the prophet with a close relationship, how about the people that weren't close to God? And so their, their attitudes weren't right. Their response to God wasn't right. Here he's questioning God when he should have been out there doing what God called him to do. God understood that. But we ask ourselves a question today, whether you might be going through a personal swelling of a Jordan or a community like now we're going through. What is our attitude like? Do we keep and maintain a sweet spirit and attitude? Do we have hope in God and all the stuff we ought to have? What is our response toward God? 
God, why have you allowed this? When are you going to do something? God, like Jeremiah said in his day. And then, not even talking about how we treat one another during a stressful time. Again, today's the day of cooperation, participation, prayer, encouragement, not judging, not, not arguing. That doesn't get anything done. And I would imagine when the swelling of the Jordan happened in Jeremiah's day, there was that going on. Sure. Why? Because we're human. Amen. How, how, what will help us in our hurt and discouraging times, in the difficult seasons and times, when our Jordans swell? Well, the prophet of God shows us. He, he asked questions certain to a God that, knew, that he knew loved him. But how do we handle the seasons of trial and trouble? And how do we reflect upon each other during seasons of, time, of times and trouble? Amen? Well, this gives us an indication of how he took care of things. He went to his God. He went to his God. You know, I'm glad that uh, God knows me, and I'm glad that God knows my heart, and God knows me when, when I'm not at my best. And I can, I can look like I'm at. Somebody said to me this morning, come in, oh, Pastor, you, you look good. Are you feeling all right? Because I went through some tests and missed church as I had to. And, and I, know, I know people are concerned, but I think they expected me to come in like this today. Man, we heard you had a test and you had a surgery and, and, you know, you couldn't come to church Wednesday night and preach and we thought you were on death's door. Well, I'm sorry, folks. Maybe some of you were looking forward to that, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm okay and I'll go to another doctor and another doctor and another doctor and they'll get their pound of flesh and, and then I'll finally go to the witch doctor and get some answers. But I want you to understand something. I know my God knows. And I know my God cares. David said, my God knows my downsittings and my uprisings. I'm glad that he cares when my Jordan overflows its banks. I'm glad that I know a God through Jesus Christ, his son, that I can go to in prayer when I need him. Amen. I need him every day, but there are certain times where you really need to get a prayer up. Amen. And I'm glad I know a God that speaks peace to my heart and yours if we just go to him. Amen. I don't know. Maybe someone's here today in this nine o'clock hour. Maybe nobody here is dealing with it. Maybe it'll be the 11 o'clock hour. I, I don't know. God told me to preach it, so it's going to help somebody. But maybe you're going through some heaviness of heart. Maybe you've been pretty stressed out of late. Maybe your attitude's not just been quite right. Maybe you've been questioning God. Maybe you've been, you know, kind of bickering with others in your life because of the stress. I, I don't know. But, you know, I know God understands. And when we feel a little overwhelmed and we're feeling the depression and darkness of, of our time, of our Jordan swelling, we can get pretty frustrated, even fed up with it. But I know I can get to God. And that's what Jeremiah did. What is he doing in, in chapter 12, verses 1 through 5? He's talking to God. He's asking God some questions. He's getting some answers. And it's helping him because he's got to help God's people. So well, I'm not a pastor. I don't have that responsibility. Let me ask you, are you a father? Are you a mother? Are you a grandparent? Amen? Are you a young person? Listen, young people, I want you to know something. People are watching you. You're a Christian, and wherever you work and wherever you go, you think people don't care. They're watching you. This affects all of us, senior saints as well as children. And we all will face the swelling of our Jordan someday. Amen? Now, the Bible tells us the best way God's man knew how to handle their stresses is to get to their God. And did they make mistakes? I'm glad for the song that was sung about 
we've all made mistakes and we've, we'd be ashamed if everybody knew our past and all those guys. That's so true. Thank the Lord for Jesus Christ and salvation and a new, a new life in Christ. Even after we're saved, we still drop the ball. But God is a loving God. He's a forgiving God. He's a gracious God. He'll pick us up when we've fallen down and help us to go forward with him. And so God told, talked to his men like Jeremiah that we're going through these, these difficult times. Moses and his ministry was dealing with the anger of disobedience. God had called him and he became disobedient to God. And you know what he did? He got angry. He got frustrated. And one day it went over the top. The Jordan swelled in his heart. And he actually killed an Egyptian taskmaster out of anger. And he lost what God wanted him to have for ministry. David had to face the aftermath of immorality. God wanted to use David in a great way, and God he did. He forgave him, and he used him in a great way, but I often wonder how much more could have David done if we didn't have that asterisk on his record of what he did at a certain time of stress and pressure. Amen. And you know what he does? He's planning the demise and death of a man, hiding his own sin. You can read that in the Bible. And David was a man after God's own heart. And then we think of Peter in the New Testament, how, how he was sorrowfully managing through the fears and denials of Christ. He was so under the stress of that, that time, and people were around, and he didn't know how to respond quite right. He was frustrated. There was a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. Christ was arrested, and he's wondering, what's going to happen to us? And what about the gospel? And all these things flooding his mind. And somebody says, hey, aren't you one of those that belong to Jesus? And he cursed so he could prove to those, no, I know not the man. And so let me tell you, if Moses and David and Peter and Jeremiah can have a problem sometimes when their Jordan swells, don't you think we can have problems too? Of course we can. These men and others faced their troubles, their times when the Jordan overflowed. And how did they handle the hurt of everyday living? Here's what they did. They got a hold of God. I'll give you some advice today. Get a hold of God. When problems and trials come, when you're overwhelmed, when you don't know which way to go, get a hold of your God who understands and cares about you. Second of all, how to have hope in a day of adversity. We're told about that in the scripture. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 10. I know Brother Dave wants me to be quick and he's got to get on the road, but we're going to at least get to 1130. So uh, let's look in our Bible. I'm just messing with you, Dave. God bless you. I understand, Ben, where you, you're at, uh, trying to get back from ministry and so forth. Then the preacher's got to preach this really long sermon and give you a hard time while he's doing it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 10, uh, I, didn't, I didn't put that aside, so i got to look for it like you. Is Corinthians in the New Testament? I think it is. Right now, it's giving me fits. Here we are. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 10. Uh, here's what the scripture tells us. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, and yet possessing all things. What is Paul talking about? Paul's been going through some things, and he realizes that he has to have hope in a day of adversity. Adversity will come. Hey, let's, let's be real here. Everybody has difficulties. You know, sometimes when we go through things, we're looking for people to understand us. We're looking for people to enter into what we're going through. And, and, and sometimes if we're not careful, we'll think that what we're dealing with, nobody else has dealt with before. 
And then somebody will give you a stark reality. They'll say, hey, look, we all got our issues. We all have, you know, sickness. Uh, we all have loss of this or that. We all have stresses. And we don't like that response, but it's reality. Folks, we're all going to have difficult days. We've all had them. In James chapter 1, and it says in verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That word diverse means many-faced. Amen? Diverse temptations, many different kinds of temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. And let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect. That word perfect doesn't mean without sin, without error. It means maturity, that you may be complete. Amen. And entire, wanting nothing. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I thank God I can get to God during those times, and I thank God that there is hope for the day of adversity. And we must remember when we're going through things, whatever it might be, and we can sit down and say, well, my problems are bigger than yours, and my situation is different. And No, we all go through them at different times, different lengths of time, different seasons. But we must always remember that God is good. And we got to give God some credit because most of the Christian life has just been wonderful. But then we have a bump in the road. We have a season that may not be comfortable. And we should not discount our God. Hasn't God been good? Sure. Now, you say, yeah, Pastor, God's been good. Yeah, so let's not charge him foolishly when we have a little bit of trouble, when we have a season of flooding. Amen? And I'll be honest with you, that's how I view it, but then I know some saints that seem that might for a long time they've been going through struggles, and they get done with this, and another thing pops up, and another thing. And I'll be honest with you, I'm amazed sometimes at the attitude and the praise of God with some people have to deal with many things and I, they these really show me how much they love God, how much they're committed to the life of faith. And I applaud you. And I respect you. On the other hand, I look at people that just a little thing happens and they, they're falling apart. They're arguing. They're fussing. Their attitude's wrong. They're not they having the spirit of praise. They have no hope. And I wonder, you know, here's, what, here's the truth. When, when the swelling of the Jordan comes, it'll show you your Christianity. It'll show you your walk with God. And we don't need to be upset about that. We need to say, thank you, Lord. Let me fix this with your help. So I say to you this morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a great God. Let's praise his holy name. He is worthy of honor and praise. Yeah, when everything's good, but even when everything's not good. Psalm chapter 42 and verse 11, the psalmist David, of course, he understood these things. He says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. And I shall praise him who is the health of my countenance, oh my God. So I don't know what you're going through right now, but this is the way we can, can and should react. Praise him. Don't get disheartened. Don't get down. Have hope. You know, hope without hope, it's hopeless. Thank God for hope. Hope deferred, the Bible says, making the heart sick. In Psalm 71 and verse 14, again, David writing, he says, um, he says, I will, uh, but I will hope continually and will praise thee more and more. When we go through the swelling of Jordans, it's not less time for praise, it's more time for praise. Even more. And that'll help our heart. I'm so excited. In a couple of weeks, we're having a Lord's Supper. We haven't had it with the shutdown. We, we, we're getting ready to have it when it all shut down. We haven't had it. We need to have it. And so we're going to be doing 
And that particular night, we're going to have the Lord's Supper and we're going to have a praise service. We haven't had a praise service live. I wanted to unleash everybody. And I hope that night that people will praise the Lord. I hope that they will just honor the Lord and encourage the saints. I hope it's just a, a beautiful thing here in a few weeks when we just have a service of praise unto our God. And I hope there's nobody going to come in and say, yeah, but this, and oh, I got that. No, no, we're not even taking your testimony. We're looking for praise unto our God in the midst of a pandemic, amen. And that's the way our hearts ought to be when the swelling of Jordan comes to us. Thirdly, how to have a surety of salvation in uncertain days. You know, Jesus, our Lord, he keeps pointing people unto himself, which is proper. He is very God. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit, that's his number one job, is to point people to Jesus Christ. Guess what our job is? To point people to Jesus even during stressful time. Oh, Lord, can I have a break here? I'm going through this problem. No! Praise him. Honor him. Speak of his name. Let people see you doing that when you're going through this tragedy, this heartache, this suffering, and it'll mean more. I promise you, they'll say, how do they do that? Like in Thessalonians, people that have no hope, we have hope. Amen? But Jesus said in John chapter 10, in verse 28, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Thank God for certainty of salvation. The River Jordan now, we understand, is a type and picture of not just problems, but also has been a type and a picture of death. People talk about crossing the Jordan. People talk about facing the Jordan River. All kinds of songs written about it. Uh, even the scripture, of course, songs ought to be scriptural, amen. And in Isaiah chapter 43, in verse 1 and 2, Isaiah writes, But thou, uh, uh, excuse me, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by my name. Thou art mine. Listen, when thou passest through the water, waters plural, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God. Now, have there been times when the rivers overflowed? Yes. Has there been fire? Yes. Has there been flood? Yes. Has there been difficulty? Yes. But you know, here's the truth about it. He's with us. He's always with us. We may feel like he's not. Where's God? Why did God allow this? When he's right there with us. Always with us. There's a poem written, I love this poem, it's called The Peace of Passing, about death. We don't like to think about death, but the Jordan River is a type and picture about a, a one-day crossing for all of us. Peace of the crossing. How sweet the hour of closing day when all is peaceful and serene, and when the sun with cloudless rays sheds mellow, uh, mellow luster o'er the scene. Such is the Christian parting hour. So peaceful he sinks to rest when faith endowed from heaven with power sustains and cheers his language breast. You know, we're all going to pass that veil of sorrow someday. And we're, we're not, we don't like to think about it. I, I'm, not, I'm not real excited about it, you know. But I know that the Lord will be with me. Let's be honest. 
uh, crossing over Jordan is, is probably never easy for anybody. But on the other side, on the other side where the peace comes and the tranquility and the fellowship and the reunion and all that good stuff. And on this side of eternity, life is short. Amen? And we have to go through someday the crossing of the Jordan River. And here's what I say. If someone is unsaved or unsure of their eternity, then I can understand them being a little out of sorts. But we say that we're Christians. And we say we know the Lord. And we sing songs about heaven. Oh, I want to go to heaven, and heaven's going to be great, and heaven's a wonderful place. But not right now, Lord. At my time and my convenience, and Lord, here's how I want it to happen. <laughs> but it's rarely the way that we want to plan it, or the way that it, it, it comes out the way we want it to come. I'm glad God's in charge of those things. I'm glad. I'm glad God didn't relegate that to pastors and people come and say, okay, can, you, can, I have my can I have my appointment, pastor, this week with the Jordan swells in death? And I can sit you down in my office and say, oh, here's how it's going to happen, and here's what we're going to do for you, and you're going to be okay. It doesn't work that way. But promise you, the swelling of the Jordan one day will come. And here's the important thing, the assurance of knowing him as Savior. And maybe there's someone here today, you're just not sure about that. Get sure. But I've gone to church my whole life. Get sure. Well, I've, I've had doubts. Get sure. And you might say, I don't know who's going to be in this hour or the next hour. Somebody might say, well, I don't think I'm even saved. Get saved. And thank God for Jeff last week that got saved. And, you know, we want to see people come to know the Lord, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all know we have to face God someday, 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all before, appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The loss to the white throne judgment, the Christian to the judgment of, of, of works in this life for him or not for him. We all must repent and receive Christ, but as many as receive him, that then gave you uh, uh, power to become the sons of God, even of them that believe in his name, John 1.12. We know these verses, but it has to do with personal choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and not be saved. So when the swelling of the Jordan comes, and it will come, oh, there's surety in knowing Christ as Savior. The Holy Spirit puts that within you, that you can be comforted by it during the swelling of your Jordan. And I say to somebody today that might be here, if you're not absolutely confident, certain, sure about your relationship with Christ, you know, God wants you to be. He says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14, for we know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brother. You'll know in your heart whether you're in or you're out. And if you don't have that peace, then get that peace. Jesus himself said in John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on, on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come to condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And one of these days when we our heads in death for the Christian will be with the Lord. And I don't know what it'll feel like, and I don't want to, but I know this, it's going to be okay because he'll be with us crossing the Jordan. Amen? And so when it's your time to cross the Jordan or face death, will you be ready? I want you to understand something about the Jordan River at the time in May, April and May, in biblical days, when the, when the snows melted and the waters came, come crashing down. That, that Jordan River wasn't a tiny little trickle. It was a mighty river, and no one could stop its destruction. You see on news, like we just recently had the floods, people's whole houses, you can see them, you can see a whole house floating down the river because those Jordans, those rivers are powerful. They're destructive. 
No power on earth can halt its course. You know, they know flooding's coming, rains are coming. You see people every time, every time, and I'm not saying it doesn't help some people, but you see them, they got trucks and they got sandbags and they're, they're making a wall. And then you see pictures later where the house is gone, where's the sandbags? They're not still there. We do everything we think we can do to stop it. And sometimes Jordans swell and you can't stop it. No matter what you do. Why do they build dams anyway? And they don't always work. No one can corral the fury of a raging river. How do we think we can conquer it ourselves when our Jordans swell? And then how to be ready for the upper taker rather than the undertaker. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed to men once to die and after this to judgment. It's going to come. See, preacher, that's not an encouraging message. Well, it's truth. Jordan will swell one day and that'll be it. Amen? How do we deal with it? Knowing the Savior, knowing Jesus, and having a hope. What's the next hope? The upper taker. Hey, folks, with all this going on in our world, I'm looking for Christ. I'm excited. Hey, the Lord's coming. And then we say, well, yeah, so's the Antichrist, which is probably true. We should be busy right now helping others get, get through this, help others get to know Christ. You know, I couldn't sleep the other night, and I was up, and something came on about the next presidential choice for the Democratic side, and it was, it was about uh, this woman and then this other woman and what would be the better choice between the two. And then they inserted another woman who is a senator in Wisconsin, and, and she's an out-and-out -out lesbian, and she's done all these things for the Democratic Party, and they're talking about her becoming the running mate for the, the presidential, vice presidential candidate. And I thought about, man, I'm in the dark world. I didn't even know. Then there was all kinds of stuff in there about how things have been advancing and, and the agenda of LGBT and all that. And, and I'm living in a, a make-believe world. And some of you have been, you've been watching it all, man, and you know it all, but that's not me. But it did dawn on me that what's been happening for three months, the, the enemy, the devil, has put us in our homes Shut down the churches, done everything he can. And the gospel is getting out through the internet. We never thought it would, but it is doing that. But we ourselves knocking on doors. Nobody wants you to knock on their door right now. Nobody wants you handing them a gospel tract. They'll, they'll look at you like a look you never had before. And so what's happened is we're inside, but here's what the young people, here's what the progressives have done. Here's what the liberals have done. Here's what these people pushing their agenda, they're on the internet and they're not arguing with our brothers and sisters in church. They're reaching the masses. There's a young girl right now. She's a pop star from some other country. She has 46 million followers and she is a big backer of the LGBT thing going on. All these Black Lives Matters, All Lives Matters, and now it's really a push of agenda for, for gay, uh, gay rights. And it's all, we're, we're missing it. Because while we've been shut in our homes and worried, they've been working. And they've been getting more converts and more converts and more converts. What are we supposed to be doing right now? Arguing, fussing, staying in our houses, wasting our time away? How about reaching people for Jesus Christ? How about using these, these media things to reach out to somebody and talk to them about Jesus? How about trying to push the agenda of Jesus Christ and the gospel? The enemy's done a much better job. We've done it by accident. We've done it by, we didn't know how to do online services. There are people who have been hearing me preach and many other preachers. 
The gospel's gone forth. Praise the Lord. But the individual Christian has been locked away in their basement or in their family room, and they're, they're doing this, but they're not doing it for the right cause. I'm telling you, we ought to be ready for the upper taker, and while we're ready for him to come and get us, let's do something for the cause of Jesus Christ. I can't wait till we get all these restraints off of us so we can get out there and knock on doors and give the gospel and be bold for Christ. But here's what I think is going to happen. A lot of people go, oh, we're free now. We can go do more fun. Instead of trying to win a world that's going to hell. Amen. One day the Jordan will swell in all of our lives. So what are you going to do right now until it happens? You know, if we're not careful, we'll think so much about death that we don't live. The songwriter Nelson Burns wrote in 1787. I like those old songs. And they recompiled it in 1835, and this is what came out. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wistful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. That's a reality. The swelling of the Jordan's coming for all of us. What are we going to do before it comes? We could go by the upper taker. Amen, Lord, come. But sometimes we might have to go by the undertaker. And the rest of our days, what are we going to do for Christ? Amen? Lastly, how will you decide to handle the message of this hour? And I'll be brief here. Mark 16, 15, And said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what we ought to be doing right now, why the Jordan is swelling in our world. Maybe in our own world. And here's the serious question as we close with today. Are you ready? Are you ready for your next Jordan swelling? Are you ready for the Jordan swelling death thing? Are you ready? Do you know Christ as Savior? Are you sure of it? Are you serving the Lord with all you got? Are you ready? 2 Corinthians 6, 2, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted in the day of salvation. Have I succored thee? Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So what, we, what will we do with our swelling of the Jordan right now? I hope your hope is in Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to close with the last verse of the song we often sing, Bound for the Promised Land. And listen to what it says. This is a great verse. Soon will the Lord my soul prepare for joys beyond the sky, where never ceasing pleasures roll and praises never die. I thank God someday we're going to get to that place we always heard about, we poems about, songs about, choirs sing about it, preachers preach on it. Nobody wants to go there yet, but we, we all got this in us. And one day, we're not only bound for the promised land, we'll be in. Stepping in, promised land. And oh my goodness, the former days are past, and all is rest, and all is peace, and all is love. Amen. That's not a fairy tale. That's in the Bible. And one day, if you're a believer, you're going to experience it. But I hope you're a believer. I didn't ask you if you're religious. Religion doesn't get anybody to heaven. I asked you, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? And you say, I, I will. No, why not now? Because we don't know about tomorrow. We don't know what the next Jordan swell is. 
I know what the world's doing right now and what the enemy's doing. They are working real good at indoctrinating people for their agenda. Who are we indoctrinating for Christ and reaching for Christ? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and what it says to us about the swelling of Jordans. And Lord, we read of Jeremiah who was upset. He was concerned. He was concerned for the people that he ministered to. He was concerned for himself. And Lord, he asked you questions, and you lovingly answered him. And you put within him a question, and the question to the people was, how are we going to handle the big things when they come if we can't handle the little? Oh, God, help us as your representatives here on the earth to get busy doing what we ought to be doing during these wicked and evil last days. Help us to point, Father, people to Jesus Christ, your Son. And help us to realize what really is important and what the agenda ought to be for the saints. And Lord, if there's someone lost that needs to be saved in this place, I pray, God, that they would get it settled today. And Lord, I pray you bless the next hour's preaching as well. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.